No rush. The doctor sounds dead tired. Shaving foam clings to my cheeks. I bend the phone handle away from my face to prevent the white fluff from clogging the speaker holes. A towel is wrapped around my waist. Wet footsteps trail into the kitchen behind me, coming to a stop where I stand. The linoleum feels lukewarm and squishy under my feet. How are you? The doctor asks from the other end. Behind me, the fridge hums warily, a bass tone to carry the thick silence of the apartment. How I am? The phone in my hand is a 90s model, the only phone we have, jacked into the only outlet in our place. Its cord is a long, coiled and springy leash to allow movement. It pulls and stretches through the fingers of my left hand. I don't move. How I am? He doesn't want to know. I am awake, but even more tired than before I went to sleep. The top of my head gives off a crackling, brittle sensation. A frazzle lines my entire being like baking paper pressed against the inside of my limbs, my torso, my eyeballs, a wariness deep enough to stay beyond the reach of caffeine for the rest of the day. My face is getting cold and hard from the aborted shave. I give the doc a noncommittal answer. He murmurs something back. You probably want to come over, he says. But again, no rush. I'm going home now. Somebody else is taking over. I feel my mouth go dry. My heart takes a run and presses up against the inside of my chest as if it wants to leap out and reach beyond the present to colonize the future as if it wants to wrestle fate and steer it into a more favorable direction. Deeper into the apartment, one side of our bed lies untouched. Around five that morning, my anxiety had finally surrendered to a fractured, patchy sleep. I awoke half an hour later. I traded my bed for the pounding of a hot shower. Scandinavians mercifully understand their plumbing. Okay, I say into the phone. Yeah. What little sleep there'd been is quickly draining from the bottom of my brain pan, the lint and fuzz of it still clinging to my upper gums and the roof of my mouth. The window blinds in the kitchen are open and I cower from the hard slices of morning sun piercing through them. What the doc says next on the phone hits me like the blast of a jet engine. We've had to get the baby. The baby. It had happened so quickly once we married and moved. Biology was no impediment. My wife was young. Winter swallowed us up the moment we stepped ashore, offering us plenty of long, long nights. And the promise of a new life growing among the two of us kept us going, pushing through, looking forward, and then it was spring, and then it was summer, and then it was the last month of pregnancy, and the way he tells it, my wife is fine. Well, she hasn't woken up yet after the emergency C-section, so he doesn't really know, but all indications are good. The accident pretty much spared her. There's a hematoma on the abdomen is all. What happened inside 
is a different story. Hard to say. He's been on shift all day yesterday and all night. He's done the operation and he's going home now. But before he does, he just, you know, he just wanted to put in a little courtesy call. You know, b- before going home, to tell you how things have developed, they've had to get the baby. <laughs>